I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, let's go hour number two on a Wednesday. Just let the Curtis Mayfield wash over you. Get yourself something cool to drink with ice in it. Hopefully there's some recirculated air that's blowing on you right now. Hopefully you're dealing with the heat. I know you're ready for football season. 38 days till that first big college weekend, September 2nd. NFL training camps are open. We've had the press conference with McCarthy and Jones and Jones. And I got to tell you, As a Cowboys fan, Jerry did not freak me out near as much as he normally does. I was kind of excited. Kind of excited what I heard from Jerry Jones yesterday. We can get into that, too. Cowboys still hoping the Zach Martin thing gets figured out and some other deals, too. Maybe we'll fit that into this next conversation because our next guest does have some Cowboy feelings just like I do as a fan. It is Chad and Zay. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier. We are going through some NFL discussions today. We'll get into some South Division discussions with the AFC and NFC South a little bit later on. The All-Flex watch list hits linebackers and DBs. Coming up at 1.30, but right now, let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline and talk to Justin Wells. We do it every Wednesday about this time. It'll be the last Wednesday visit for Justin with us. He'll jump on the last show with us on Tuesday. We appreciate him for that. Justin Wells, Inside Texas, on 3.com, at Justin Wells 2424 on Twitter. Justin, how are you, sir? Man, I'm trying to stay cool. This uh this summer heat is ke- it's getting warmer and warmer and it's just reminding us of how hot it is. Oh, I know. It is just brutal. That September 2nd game for Texas, I'm sure will be tough. Uh everybody remember that's a 2:30 kick. So, by that September 2nd, I'm sure it's not going to be cool. Uh the guys will be dealing with it there. Uh Justin, I wanted to get your thoughts on a couple of recruiting things. Uh first off, give me a give me a thought on the good side for Texas with DeAndre Robinson out of Florida. Uh what do you see from him? And then give me the perspective on the Lancaster kid Gibson going Clemson over Texas. How big a deal do you think that was for Texas on the negative side? Hit both of those for us. With Robinson, you're getting a kid that's six three, you know, three hundred fifteen pound defensive lineman out of Florida. Um, you know, they're they're getting ready for that move to the SEC next year, and by doing that in this cycle in this class, they're they're stockpiling that defensive line. I mean, that's what you have to do when when you get prepared to go into that conference. DeAndre Robinson is an example of that. This is a guy that they went into Florida and took. Uh, he built a great relationship with Bo Davis and the staff. Uh, Florida stayed on him, Miami, a few other schools, but Texas pulled him out at the end. Um, I think Florida is going to continue to push. I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a visit or two back up to Gainesville. Uh, it's too close to home for him right now, but I still think Texas is in the best spot, uh, especially getting that that commitment with Corey and Gibson. He, he, that that's a miss. You know, you know, Texas has done pretty well in the cycle, but that one's a miss. That was a tough one. 
um, Clemson just had uh, Clemson had the secret sauce. Clemson was was the one that that, that won that that won it over. But at the end of the day, I think Texas is still in such a good spot, especially in the secondary. They they have a handful of guys that they're in uh, you know good positions with, namely like Kobe Black out of Waco Conley. Um, and then getting a guy like a Jordan Johnson Rebel, uh, the safety out of IMG Academy last month, I think that also kind of lets people know, hey, the, the secondary is going to be just fine. And so getting Robinson's big, it prepares you for the SEC. Losing Gibson sucks. That was a head-to-head loss. That um, that one's going to sting a little bit. But, you know, the staff is not going to stop recruiting him. They're going to continue to push through. And so that's the life of recruiting. You win some and you lose some. Yeah. Jay Wells, you know, the season's right around the corner, and this team last year, the defensive line, they were really good. They were top at, you know, most pressures in the nation, and they lost a few guys to the NFL, Keandre and Morrow, but they still got dogs. Byron Murphy, Travondre Sweat, you know, Baron Sorrell, I'm expecting him to have a big-time season. How excited are you about this defensive line? Maybe, you know, even with all the guys they lost last year still being really good, maybe even better than 2022. It, you're excited because you look at a guy, you know, at Devondre Sweat, that's a guy that could be playing on Sundays right now. Um, you look at a guy like a Byron Murphy who, who might have the most upside and the most potential in that in, in, entire defensive line room. Uh, he's, he's going into his junior season ripe and ready. Uh, but the big thing there is look at like a Trill Carter. The, the kid from, from the University of Minnesota, the guy from the transfer portal, all Big Ten uh, defensive lineman last year, you know, that's a guy they brought in for depth. Like, when you're bringing in a guy that's an all-conference player from the Big Ten in the defensive line and he's your backup, that, is, that, that, shows, a lot of, um, that shows a lot of depth. That, that shows that that room is still in very good shape. You can lose an Ajomo. You can lose a Coburn. And you can still restock and be loaded. And so I think Bo Davis has the right amount of body. You know, he, he likes to rotate those guys and keep them fresh. And when you've got an, a guy coming in from all Big Ten that's going to be a backup, that just shows you how strong the depth is and how important that room is to the staff. Justin, let's stay right there. Uh, I was asking a question the other day. Actually, it was when we were talking to Joe Cook, one of your uh, your coworkers there at Inside Texas. I asked him about the experienced players he was looking forward to seeing, you know, the juniors and seniors, because there's so much talk about the young guys on this team. Um, and for me, Tavondre Sweat's one of those guys. I love, you know, interior line play. Like you said, it's so important as Texas is going to transition to the SEC. So I'm really focusing in on Tavondre Sweat in the middle of that line. Talk to me about Sweat a little bit, but is there also a guy on that defensive or offensive front for you, an experienced guy that you're looking forward to as a fan and as somebody that covers this team of saying, hey, that's the experience that could take them to that next level and then obviously head to the SEC level next year. Sweat, like I said, this is a guy that's supposed to be playing on Sundays. Like In the spring, there were times where he was unguardable. It was unfair at, at, some, at some stages in the spring, and that's just how strong and big and, and active he is and experienced. And, and if there's guys that, you know, if you're looking for an impact guy, it's Byron Murphy. I mean, yeah, Vernon Broughton brings you, brings you some snaps and experience. Alfred Collins brings you some, some snaps and, 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 some, and some versatility. But really, I mean, Byron Murphy's the one that I think people aren't talking enough about. Mm. They, that you hear Quinn Ewers and you hear about the receivers and you hear about the O-line and you hear about 
uh, Jalen Ford, and, and, and some of the sec- some of the secondary. You don't hear enough about Byron Murphy. That dude is pure canine, and I think that's exactly the disposition you need for that line. And so when you're talking about impact guys, I just don't hear his name enough. And and, and I think that's that's a good thing. And, and it's also it, it's going to be that partly because teams aren't going to be as prepared. They know about Byron more than the casual fan. But now when you when you just keep continually stocking recruiting class of recruiting class over that depth chart, that D-line remains one of the strongest parts of this team. And it's been that way for the last five or six, seven years, going back to Puna Ford and Charles Amenahu. Uh, these are guys that, that kind of maintain that standard that, that, that Texas has had for so long. And so to me, Devondre Sweat epitomizes that. And Byron Murphy might be better than all of them at the end of the day. Let's stay with the defense a little bit, Jay Wells. You know, the linebacker room, we know how good Anthony Hill can be, but he's just a freshman. It's hard to expect for that guy to come in already and just take over. I know he's rocking number zero, but what DeMarvion Overshone did last year with his leadership and his play, that's a lot to ask on a freshman. So, you know, we all know Dave Bender's there. Guys like Morris Blackwell could step up, but there's going to need to be somebody consistently alongside of Jalen forward who looks like that man right now you named him david bend is a guy that has experience and david bend is a guy that that can play in a pinch he, he, he can he can man that might spot if he needs to um you know anthony hill has all the hype but let me tell you something in the, in the spring he probably flashed more than any linebacker in the program especially with his versatility i mean you're going to see this guy playing i think some edge this season, and they're trying to, to close that gap on quarterback pressure to quarterback sacks. They've got to get to that next step, and I think Anthony Hill's going to do that. There's one guy, you know, Maurice Blackwell, I love because he just has tons of athleticism. He's always, when he makes, when he's on the field, he's making plays. He, he's being active and making an impact, and I think Blackwell, you know, give you that. One guy that I really like is Leona LaFowle. That's the other freshman linebacker that came in early along with, with Anthony Hill, and LaFowle's a kid that He's old school, man. That's hard hat type of guy, lunch pail type of type of worker. He is, you know, grown man strong at, at 18 years old. And and you know, people kind of they, they look. It was a pretty it was a pretty loaded linebacker hall in the 2023 cycle. Hill is the big name, but LaFowle is a guy that I mean, you really need to pay attention to because he reminds me of those old USC safeties and linebackers in the early 2000s. Like he has that type of body shape and, and type of mentality you know they're he's just a hard worker hard hat type of guy and i like lafal i think he's going to do a little bit more than what people expect this season we're talking with justin wells inside texas on com. justin i know you love talking x's and o's and the silly stories don't always appeal to you but i just want to talk to you for a second about the magic of arch manning that story about the the signed card and everything a lot of people can take it whatever direction they they want to but for me it spoke to his magic. It spoke to that quarterback room and the the situation they've got set up where the guy that might be the third stringer can set up something like that, helping a, a good cause and raise all of that kind of money. And you know because you cover recruiting so closely how big a deal being close to that magic is. Talk about your reaction to that story with Arch. We knew it was coming. I mean, it, it's Arch Manning. Yeah. He, he's popular. Uh, he, he was the number one recruit in the class in the last cycle. Uh, he, he brings that. We've seen the trend of, of some of the bigger names in college signing exclusive 
NIL deals with, with card companies. Hell, Quinn Ewers did it the week before with Panini America. <laughs> yep. uh, we, we've seen Bijan Robinson do it. Uh, we, we, we've seen Caleb Williams and, and Drake May, I believe, did something similar. And so uh, this is just a new age of the NIL. It, it, it's, it's made its way into the trading card industry, which has really boomed since COVID. Uh, it, it, you know, my son and I really, really get into it because it's something that we share and we really enjoy. And, and seeing an Arch Manning card out, you know, with an autograph is is actually a really, really cool piece of memorabilia. There's only one. And anybody that collects cards understands these days, the more rare the card, the more valuable. And, and you know, a one of one or a two of ten or a three of 25, a four of 50, those are rare cards. Arch is doing one of them. And the last thing I saw, it was over 60 grand, uh, what, the auction for that at Panini America, which is going completely to to a non-profit in austin it's going to charity because that's what arch manning's about that's what his family's about um you know they, they talked a, lot, a little bit you know right before they after they signed about how nil wasn't going to be that much of a factor early on in his in his deal because they wanted him to you know be a college student learn the, learn the game get, get get in that depth chart get you know get into the to the system and then when you start you know become a quarterback then you can really start to dive into the NIL but this is one of those things where he's he's got a demand there's a demand for 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 an arch manning card an arch manning autograph and now with NIL it's it's opening up all these new opportunities for these college guys i think it's one of the coolest things in the world but then again i'm a collector and so I, right. I think it's cool. Uh, and, 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 and also, to me, I think it's just business savvy for both sides. For Arch, you establish a relationship with a premier card company. For Panini, you have gotten yourself in the, whole, uh, you know, in the door uh, now that you can try to sign exclusive deals when Arch goes to the NFL. You, know, you want to have that relationship carry over so they can have those exclusive deals like they do with Patrick Mahomes, like they do with the Kobe Bryant estate. So I think this is a business move on both sides, and I think it's both sides getting exactly what they need at this moment. Jay Wells, thinking about Chris Jackson coming into his first year, I'm already liking what I'm hearing about him. You know, the guys at Big 12 Media Day talked about how he's been showing them Christian Kirk film, which Christian Kirk, one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL. But, you know, some guys, it's tough to, for them to adjust to a new coach coming in because they feel like they know it all. I don't think that's anybody in this wide receiver room, but you still have to factor that in. What have you heard from Chris Jackson? and already leading up to the season? The biggest thing I've heard is that he brings credibility to that wide receiver room. He brings a professionalism. You know, he's the third receiver coach in three years. And so that room needs stability. And I think, you know, this year they have more depth there. And I think that helps the system. I mean, I really do think that helps with the coaching when the players are, are a little bit better this year. And so Chris Jackson hopefully is going to be able to, to flourish with that group. You know, he's one that's going to – it reminds me a little of Tashar Choice. You know, Choice followed Drayton, and Drayton had essentially brought Bijan to, Bijan to, to Texas. But Choice was, helped Bijan with a lot of little things that, that he didn't know, that he didn't have before he got to the league. I think Chris Jackson's going to have a similar effect on guys like an Xavier Worthy, a Jordan Whittington, an A.D. Mitchell, guys that, that could be playing on Sundays next year. I, I think he's going to be able to close that gap, similar to the way Coach Choice did with his running backs. He's young. He's got this. He's got that you know hunger and mentality. But these ultimately, these kids respect him. They they see what he's done in the league. They know he's coached in the NFL for so long. They know okay, 
when he tells me something, this is real. I can apply this. And I think it's already shown dividends. I think the younger guys, especially with Jonte Cook and DeAndre Moore and Ryan Niblett, they realize this is a new receiver coach and they can make a new example. And so these are all battling. And when you have that much competition in that room, that's when you see success because the best is going to rise to the top. And I think from that standpoint, Jackson's been phenomenal. He connects with these kids and, and ultimately can tell them, look, you want to be like Zay Jones and Christian Kirk and have breakout seasons uh, in, in their first year with the Jacksonville Jaguars? Well, this is how you do it. And to college kids, I don't know if there's many people that hold more clout and more credibility. Yeah, no, that's a big deal. I think you're absolutely right. Justin, I got a Cowboys question for you, but before that, a texter, one more uh, Longhorn question, says, does Jay Wells think a lot of young talent will have a key part on special teams this season? Great question. Um, Jeff Banks is your special teams coach, so no matter what, you're going to have talent on that, on that side. That is the third phase of football, and if anybody knows Coach Banks, understands how important that is. Look, the, the special teams is when the young guys have a chance to flash. Remember when Keaton Crawford used to come on special teams early on and, and became somewhat of a gunner. Uh, Keelan Robinson was another one that was, was so good about coming off the edge for block punts. Jeff Banks, as long as he's the coach of special teams, it's going to matter. It's going to be the third phase of the game. Uh, and, and that's, for those freshmen and sophomores, sometimes that's their first way to get on the field. That's their first chance to, to, to make an, an, an impression, you know. Talk about it like an Xavier Bryce or a Derek Williams. I mean, you're going to have some really young, talented guys that are going to be hungry, and Jeff Banks won't put anybody out there unless they are 100% into it. He's going to have the best 11 players out there. Some of those guys are going to be starters on one side of the ball, and some of those guys are going to be backups. But anytime Banks is your special teams coach, you can ask any of those players and staffers in the program it is a big deal. It is the third phase of the game, and he treats it as important as offense and defense. Justin, before we let you go, I know you're a Cowboys fan like me. I'm going to call it like I see it. Normally I'm ripping Jerry Jones on this day, but I thought Jerry was wonderfully boring yesterday in the press conference. All that they're quoting him on is, I think we've got a chance to be a contender. I thought he was realistic. I didn't think he went out of bounds anywhere, so I love that part. But obviously the you know the Zach Martin story's out there. So as a Cowboys fan right now, how much did you enjoy kind of the normal press conference yesterday? And then are you worried at all about this Zach Martin thing? With, with Jerry, it was pleasant, a pleasant surprise because usually when he speaks at the beginning of these things, there's quotes all over Twitter for a few days. It's always stretched out of proportion. It's always taken out of context. I mean, that's essentially what they do to Jerry Jones. And then Jerry puts his, you know, he, he talks a lot. He, he, he puts his foot in his mouth a lot of times. But yesterday, you said it, it was wonderfully boring. And that's exactly what the owner of your favorite football team should be. There's nothing that, there's, there should be nothing spectacular about anything he says in a press conference. It should be dull, boring, and to the point. And for the first time in years, it was. With Zach Martin, I'm a little upset at this because Zach Martin, if, if there's any team, any player on this team that really deserves what he deserves, it's Zach Martin. Like this, you're talking about one guy that's he's probably the best player in the entire franchise. He's probably the most important player, and that, that's including Micah Parsons. That's including a Dak Prescott. Um, Zach Martin, you got to make him happy. That's what they're, they're, on every team. There might be two or three guys that are just inexpendable. They just can't go. You you have to make them happy. And Zach Martin has all 
the leverage. He has done everything you could have ever imagined since being drafted out of Notre Dame. He has been a stalwart in the interior of that line. He has been needed. And, buddy, you better make him happy because the O-line is in decent shape going into this season. But that includes a healthy Zach Martin starting at right guard. Hopefully that continues to, 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 to – hopefully they find some – Something you know, resolve this issue because Martin is just a guy. Yeah, Tech Dallas is, is is a contender, no question. But without Zach Martin, probably not. Yeah, just, as far as I'm concerned, just make sure that pen doesn't hit the table. Hand the pen over to CD Lamb, and then hand the pen over to Zach Martin, and just keep handing the pen to the important guys and get them signed. Hopefully, the digs thing was just the start yesterday. That is Justin Wells inside Texas on three dot com, and if you're on Twitter at Justin Wells two four. Two four, Justin, stay cool, brother, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday for one last visit on the show, sir. We'll do, guys. Nothing but love. Appreciate, Thanks, Jay Wells. Appreciate it, man. Justin Wells, great stuff as always. Uh, and again, inside Texas on three dot com, and uh, yeah, I'm just I'm so excited today. I just googled Jerry's name, Zay. Nothing, nothing. It's big time. Boring stuff. I think we can be a contender. You even heard him stammer and um and uh his way into making sure he was careful. Well, we're going to have to see how it works. We're going to have to see how the talent comes together. Yes, Jerry? Yes? And I've, I think we have a chance to put ourselves in position to, to be a contender. And then he stopped talking. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, yes, that's it. Right, because Haley told us yesterday, Haley Sutton of the Cowboys, she let us know that, yeah, he was pretty boring. And, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt because she works for the Cowboys. Yeah, so right. she can't bash them or anything. Very professional, that Haley. But, yeah, listening to it and stuff. Like, he's even kill. He understands that. Let's not put my foot in my mouth. We have a chance to be really good. And, you know, they signed Diggs to that big money. Part of me says, yes, he deserves that big money. Absolutely. Because he's led the league in interception these last two years. But another part says he's also given up the most yards in the last two years. Mm -hmm. So, you know... With Stephon uh, Gilmore being on the other side, I think he's going to be a lot better and a lot more locked in. And when he takes chances, it won't be as bad, depending on the matchup, whether Stephon Gilmore takes the wide receiver one or, you know, Trayvon Diggs does. I think it depends on, you know, who could guard that person better. But, yeah, it'll be from mm-hmm. game to game. And, yeah, I think Diggs, he'll be fine. Yeah, and, again, bravo to Jerry. I, we did a promo when I was screaming and yelling about it. I wanted Sarkeesian to go talk to Jerry and McCarthy about how to just have a boring press conference. Well, maybe he did or somebody did because I like the boring stuff. So, if Sark, if you took my advice and called him, thank you so much as a Cowboys fan. I appreciate you helping out. Uh, Cowboys are 46 days away from that first game. Obviously, you got the three preseason games coming. Cowboys August Third, I believe, is their first preseason game, if I'm not mistaken. So next Thursday, I believe, is the first preseason game for Dallas. All right, coming up, your Flex segment, all Flex watch list. Let's talk linebackers and DBs. We said one of these names yesterday as a return specialist. Now he's on the DB list. And if you know high school football in this area, you know who we're talking about. That's next on The Horn. I know you want to leave Chad and Zay. That's one of the best 
first 10 seconds of a song oh, ever. That might be one of my favorite jump into a songs right off the bat. Ever. Of all time. Man, it's such a good song. This is The Temptations, correct? Yep. Okay. Now, David Ruffin would say he's the lead singer. That's right. But it might have to go to Eddie Kendricks. Oh, my God. The Temps. Unbelievable. This song has been covered, but nobody's ever gotten close. Not not this close to what that is. The Temptations, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Brian Adams. Find a song that makes you feel the way that one does, if you can. That is a hell of a start. Yeah, Ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. That should make David Ruffin the lead singer automatically. That's right. Saying stuff like that. The Temptations wouldn't be nothing <laughs> without David Ruffin. <laughs> oh, now that's a group I wish I'd seen in their prime. I wish I could have seen the Temptations at the height of the Temptations. Like... That is that would have been the the absolute best. Yeah, I was. Uh, what by the time I was growing up in music, uh, I think they they wouldn't have admitted it, but they would have been past the prime of the Temptations. I just was too young, to, wasn't able to see it, but that had to be something. Uh, yes, we're talking uh, lead singers, front men, front folks, if you will, because it's Mick Jagger's 80th today. So if you do believe that David Ruffin is the lead singer of the Temptations. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to throw him in, you can. We've had all kinds of votes for the uh, the, the great front men and front ladies of all. Now, somebody threw Selena in. Selena doesn't count, count to me, though. That don't count. She's by, that's not a band. It wasn't like... She had, she had like all the family members and her ex-husband that put the hot sauce on the pizza and stuff like right. that. But, yeah, it was her and the rest of the crew. Like, if you want to go with the ladies, here's the example. Like, Stevie Nicks you can throw in because Stevie was a part of Fleetwood Mac. Okay. And if you want to say Stevie was the lead singer... We could have an argument there because I think I think Fleetwood Mac had multiples. I don't think they are a one lead singer band. But then let's go to Heart. That's a good example. Ann Wilson. Ann Wilson is the lead singer of Heart. So yes, that's what she's one of my favorite lead singers ever. Here's somebody that's underrated. Gwen Stefani. Gwen, there you go. No doubt. There you go. And that and she's of, just, she might be one of my favorites. She's just like Beyonce. Used to be the lead singer of a band, and now she's all by, you know, by herself. Yeah. Thing, huh? uh, a lot of good uh, good ones have been mentioned. Probably my favorite one in the heavy metal realm, Rob Halford, got mentioned earlier today. I love Rob. Uh, love that voice, the presence. It's just something about that person that is commanding the stage when you have a band. Uh, and Mick is one of the best, and he is 80 years old today. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Tina Turner. Now, that's an it. No, hold on. Before you laugh that off, would she have been considered the lead singer of the Ike and Tina Turner project? Because that was a band. Yes. Would you call that a band? Damn you, Ike. Yeah. Damn you. Yeah. Oh, she absolutely was the lead singer of that. Yeah. To me. Damn you, Ike. Ike gets no love on this. No, no. No love at all. On the show. We can't do that. Absolutely not. That's right. And rest in peace. To Tina. Uh, also, as long as we're talking music, Zay, I found out something very disturbing. I'm trying to get through it, but I found out something disturbing last night. I'm having dinner with my wife, and she tells me that one of my favorite musical couples of all time got divorced. And I didn't even know it, like over a year ago. Bruce Robinson and Kelly Willis got divorced, and I never knew that. I've talked about him for years. I fell in love with Bruce in the mid-90s, and shortly after that, I fell in love with Kelly, and then I found out they're together, and you're like, oh, my God, that's incredible. They are my Johnny and June, and you know what, guys? I'm not picking sides. I just hope you're doing well. But get this, Zay. My wife showed me uh, social media stuff from Kelly Willis. They vacation with their kids 
after getting divorced. That's nice. Like good for them. Right? I I was so impressed. She's tweeting it out, hashtag, like, vacation after divorce. And I'm like, you guys are adults now. That is awesome. I don't know if they're going to sing together anymore. They did some great duets over the years. But Bruce, Kelly, I hope y'all are doing well. I hope the kids are doing well. But that one took me back. Hit me. I'm like, whoa, I didn't know they got divorced. But I hope they're doing – 26 years they were married. Hopefully they're doing well now. Uh, They're two of my favorites. Now, this guy, he's arguably the GOAT in football, but this will make him the GOAT in everything. You think Tom Brady is taking the new Russian model on vacation with Bridget and Giselle? Oh, that'd be the ultimate. Oh, man. That'd be the ultimate. That'd be so playa. Dude, if we ever get a picture – because we're getting a lot of videos and pictures now. Like you had the one where we talked about the Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan were on that trip together. Wasn't that the two that were together? Yeah. Yeah, two of the MJs. Samuel L. Jackson, too. Samuel L. Jackson was with them. So I feel like we've seen a lot of tropical tables lately. What if we have the tropical table with the tiki torches in the background and you see the kids and you see Giselle and you see Moynihan and then there's Tom and the girlfriend? <laughs> that would be incredible. That would be like, um, yeah, I think so. Uh, that'd be so playa. Because like then, I think all of the other guys in the goat discussion would have to tweet out. They would give up. They'd tweet out a white flag. Yeah, Joe Montana and Dion and whoever else you wanted, Lawrence Taylor, whoever else you'd want to put in that discussion, they'd all have to give up. You can't compete. No, you can't compete that, at all. That's the hope, though. I hope. Now, I hope that everybody could be adult enough to deal with that situation. But wow. Yeah. That'd be incredible. Incredible. Can you imagine a table so pretty that Bridget Moynihan might be the ugliest person at it? (laughs) Like, what? I love her, and I think she's gorgeous. She might be the ugliest thing at that table. She does good work. Man. my does good work. My wife watches that Blue Blood show. Yeah. She and Tom Selleck just keep getting prettier. I don't know what's going on. It's not a bad show. Tom Selleck is a handsome bastard at 80-whatever he is. Oh, he's been around for a minute. <laughs> Dude is still dumb. going. A lot of energy, too. He is dumb good looking. I, By the way, talking about all these vacations and stuff with these celebrities, uh-huh. Jordan, he's still on vacation, and I saw a glimpse of him and his wife, his wife and new wife, not Juanita, in the bikini and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, Mike, I, I understand. Oh, you got it now? I, I get it now. You, you okay? I still think he's wrong for how he did Juanita. Uh-huh. And, you know, there's stories of Jordan. He wasn't just gambling. Y'all hear the promo. But, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I am I get it. <laughs> I, I, I get why Mike is living like he lives now. I, I completely uh... understand. Salute to you, Jumpman. Salute to 23. <laughs> Sometimes it just takes one image, huh, for you to figure that oh, out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, mercy, yeah, mercy, yeah. mercy. All those buckets that he was getting <laughs> uh-huh. led to that. I understand. I understand. Because it was tough scoring on Joe Dumars and guys like that, dunking over Patrick Ewing. That was tough. Yeah. So something has to come out of it. Oh, and we man. know a lot came out of it money-wise, but, yeah, with that woman, I get it. That's impressive I stuff. Impressive stuff. Shout out to all those happy couples out there, whether you're on the beach or not, and whether you look like that in a swimsuit or not. Uh, Chad and Zay with you on a Wednesday. Let's get you a quick flex segment. All flex watch list, linebackers and DBs. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by 
Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit BrainVault.com and join the movement. Remember, if you want to go check out these lists, Flex ATX on your social media, offensive and defensive line already out there. The specialists are out there. And today, it's linebackers and DBs. Alex Foster of Vandergriff, the tackling machine of the Vipers. He is on the DB list. That makes sense. Cashton LaPlante of Hutto. Class of 25 guy there, one of the younger players. Denim Collins of Westlake, you've probably heard that name. Josiah Estes of Lake Travis is on the DB list. Judson Crockett of Westlake. Caden Cook of Stony Point. Cameron Green of McNeil. His teammate Keegan McBride is also on this list. And then we get to Leonard Moore. We mentioned Leonard yesterday as a returner. Leonard Moore is also one of the badass cornerbacks in this area. And... A Notre Dame commit. As of now, as of right now, Notre Dame commit. All other schools, you've been warned. Buta Johnson's Matthew Arnett, Peyton Morgan of Weiss, and Shane Werner of Stony Point are all on that list. Defensive backs, Zay, the way these offenses play now and throw so much, the defensive back, they didn't used to be as important in high school football, but they are critical now, and there's some talent in this area. Oh, yeah. Man, there's some impressive stuff. Uh, let's hit the linebackers real quick here. Uh, ben Boer of Vandergrift, that's an interesting guy to watch. That Vi- Vipers team uh, is one I've been following for a while. They should be good this year. McNeil's Bobby Holland is on the list. Uh, K.S. Coy of Westwood. Darius Holiday of Elgin. Come on, Darius, out there with the Wildcats. Elgin's got a couple guys uh, on the all-flex watch list already. Landry Leggett of Georgetown. Luca Pacucci of Dripping Springs. Oh, yeah, Luca. I think Luca made the all-flex team last year, if I'm not mistaken, or was one of the finalists for sure. Uh, Marcus Boswell, there's a name we keep hearing. Lake Travis. Uh, Marcus is going to be a guy to watch this year. Rouse's Preston Welton. Uh, Reed Vines of Cedar Park, another one of those guys we've been watching for a couple years. And Will Peeler of Austin High, makes the linebacker all-flex watch list. Congrats to all those players. We hope your summer's going well. Continue to send flex those workout videos, weightlifting, working out, running up and down the hills. We pointed out earlier in the summer's day that they're not running with tires anymore like we used to. They're running with parachutes behind them. Oh, yeah, it's way more advanced now. Now, these last few days, we dropped multiple lists. Haven't heard many Bowie Bulldogs on that list. A little oh, nervous. Back in the front. I'm a little nervous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but okay. I also know there's a lot of Westlake people that are working on these lists, <laughs> yeah. so I'll just keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind, are people. You, are you accusing – are you are you saying there might be a Westlake bias? I I don't know. I just have to throw that out there. Would you like an in- independent investigation to look into it? Um, Something. We don't got many days left, so I don't know. You know. <laughs> But you know, it's all good. It's all good. I'm just saying that that kind of worries me a little bit for my Bulldogs this 2023 season. Like, we don't got, you know, but that, that, that's uh-huh. okay. Let's use it as motivation. Coach Abels, I, I hope you're listening right now because uh-huh. Coach Abels, they ain't respecting us per usual. They're th- now they got Vandergriff as that next team up mm. there with Lake Travis and Westlake yeah. and stuff. They ain't respecting us. I'm Put sorry. some respect on our name, like my dunk, and let's get it. Because I'm t- I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this uh, boy bulldog disrespect. I like how you circled around back to the go people go check out your dunk. That's well done. <laughs> that is well done. Okay, so if we were going to do an independent investigation, who could be fair to the Westlake folks and the Bowie Bulldog folks? Give me a school that I could go to where their grad, some smart grad of that school would be fair about it? Is there some school in the area you would trust? Would you trust, like, 
an LBJ grad? Would you trust a Weiss yeah. person? Would you trust yes. somebody at Rouse? Who would yes. you trust? Anybody in that Round Rock district. That doesn't play the dogs very much. Okay. I would trust somebody from you know that side. Somebody in the Round Rock world. Right. Would you trust a Round Rock dragon to help you out? Absolutely. To be, try to be fair. Yes. I'll, Mason Cochran could look it up for you. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll ask Mason if his favorite teacher or prof, <laughs> not prof, his favorite teacher at Round Rock could pull it off. That's what I'm saying. I get it. Like, not everybody can make this list, but we ain't got one. All and right. I know we still got more still got people to, to throw do. out, yeah, yeah. you know, but still, all right, we, I'm going to remember that. Okay. Yeah, I'll yeah. let Coach Abels know. Yeah, you let him know. Let him know, and then you can tell us, maybe before we get done on Tuesday, let, let's see if he can get us some names. We need to be. We'll have our own list. We'll just do the buoy list. Bet. There, there, there it is. <laughs> That'll be our last gift to everybody on the show. Uh, flex segment at 1.30 every day. Zay's got where we at in society coming right up. And then we'll dig into the AFC and NFC South. Texans fans, we'll talk about some of the big games. Who are you playing based on how you finished last year? And can anybody run down Jacksonville in that division? We'll hit all that coming up right here on the Horn. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Chad and Zay. That's a great one. Mm. To be real. Oh, it's just great notes. Um, it's the one I never get though. The one I always forget. Who does this? Is this a group name or a person? Person. Just a person's name. Um, to be real. Like a big name? No. Okay. That's why I never get it. Who is it? Cheryl Lynn. Cheryl Lynn. This is a great song. This is 70s probably? Yeah, 70s. Yeah? Cheryl Lynn. Okay. To go with the Temptations, Tom Petty and Brian Adams. Talking front men today because Mick Jagger is 80. Or lead singers, not just front men. We've talked about some of the, the ladies as well uh, that – front some powerhouse bands again the artists by themselves you don't need if you love madonna madonna stands on her own she didn't it wasn't madonna and the somethings but i think debbie harry would qualify she was the lead singer of blondie and so debbie harry could be one of your favorite uh lead singers all right we've got uh, a lot of great uh text rolling in before we get to where we at in society zay i think we all have to bow down to this idea we were just talking about tom uh, brady and kenny pull off the Bridget Moynihan, uh, Giselle, and what's her name? Arena? Yeah, the Arena, Russian. Shake. Can yeah. he, could he pull off all three? He's already pulled off two of them can hang out together because they have kids and they're sharing the situation. But could he actually do it with all three? How about this text from a listener? Uh, this is from JP. It says, I am no rock star, but my ex-wife and I still spend time on vacation with our son. And we also go back to each other's respective parents for holidays. She's one of my best friends. She's also my landlady. I live in her house with our son. 
She lives with her boyfriend. We've always made it work because our son has always been the number one priority, and he doesn't hurt that. Sorry, he doesn't hurt that. She is an emotionally mature adult, and we get along really well. We get along really well either. That's deep. Yes. That's deep. Yeah. That's deep. I appreciate that. I respect that. All for the kid. Absolutely. JP is the inspiration today. Uh, (laughs) Well done. That is well done. If you can pull something like that off, yeah, that's that's incredible. All right, so um, coming up, AFC and NFC South. Can anybody be a winning team? Only Jacksonville was a winning team out of all eight of those teams last year. The Bucks won a division with a losing record, and now they lose Tom Brady. So we're going to get into all this. If you just think about the eight quarterbacks that represent those teams, it's a wild discussion. So we'll get into all that. A couple of the young studs in the NFL, at least the teams hope they're young studs, are going to be a part of that group. We'll get into it at 2.05. Right now, though, it's where we at in society. Let's see where Zay wants to go today. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, do I have something on Twitter I need to see? Is there a nah. picture or video people are talking about? What's nah, going on? Nah, nothing on Twitter. I'm All just right. going to break it down for you and the people. Right. Paul Pierce out here talking a little crazy, but he did make some good points on a TV show or a YouTube show slash podcast that rapper Cameron and Mace are on together. You know rapper Cameron. We played Mace before. He used to rock with Diddy and them back when, right when Biggie died, Mace got big with Bad Boy because Diddy kind of went the safer route and Mace was safe while Cameron got big with like Dipset and stuff. Both of them, pretty big time rappers, have a lot of respect in the rap game. Okay. So they uh, have a sports show now. I'm familiar. Yeah. So I'm familiar with those names. I think you've played some of both okay. on the show. Absolutely. I definitely and, played and they some of still, both. They get along. Yes. They used to have beef back in the day, but I don't know what happened there. And now okay. they're both from Harlem. They have respect for each other and they're good friends again. See, this is good. It's like the Tom Brady stuff. You yeah. Can, you can make it all work. Yeah. Cameron actually went to Navarro Junior College and hooped. Wait, in Corsicana? Yes. Really? Yes. He's from Harlem, so everybody, if you're from New York and you could play basketball, you're obviously good enough to play college basketball somewhere because it's New York, Uh and he was one of them, and he got into trouble down there. But, yeah. Okay. So he has some credibility in the sports world. Fair enough. Paul Pierce was on their show, and the first thing that Cameron asks him is, who's better, you or Dwayne Wade? Because it's been known – Paul Pierce to say, yo, I get it, D-Wade has more, you know, trophies than I do, Mm -hmm. but I'm right there with him, which everybody, you know, gets the people thinking, like, all right, D-Wade, Paul Pierce, there's a separation there, but Truth had some good points. He said, if you put me on those LeBron and Bosch teams, what would have happened? And not going to lie, we're just talking hoops. I'm not talking about... History, legacy, both of their careers. I get it. Dwayne Wade, better career. But the way that Paul Pierce played, it probably would have benefited LeBron and Chris Bosh a little more than D. Wade. I remember watching those Heatles games and D. Wade not being able to make outside shots. He would be a liability and he would be hurt a lot. Paul Pierce never had trouble knocking down the outside shot, especially Mm -hmm. catch and shoot. So I get what he's saying there. But overall, D-Wade, yes, better player. 13 All-Stars to Paul Pierce's 10. He has eight All-NBA or yeah, eight All-NBA teams. Paul Pierce only has four. So if you look at it like that, okay. Antoine Walker, who's better? Antoine Walker or Shaquille O'Neal? That's obvious. 
like Paul Pierce played with Antoine Walker, majority of his young career, D-Wade had Shaq, they won rings together. So there's things that Paul Pierce was saying that mm-hmm. made a lot of sense. At the end of the day, he's not a top five shooting guard. Dwayne Wade is, and Dwayne Wade's a little bit more flashy and those teams that he played on early in his career, 24 years old, winning championships, you can't deny that. Right. But let's not forget about how good Paul Pierce was when a lot of people weren't watching them. Like, League Pass isn't the access to, you know, video wasn't the same back in the early 2000s. The dude was getting stabbed and then coming back next season, dropping like 28 a game. Paul right. Pierce was tough. Okay, so l- let's do it this way then. You'd say overall right now you take D-Wade over Pierce. Yes. Okay. If we took away the two titles with LeBron, because D-Wade's got three total, right? Yeah. Yeah. If we take away those two and we're just going trying to go apples to apples with that title, the 06 title for Dwayne Wade, we'd ar- we would argue he was the best player on the team, even yeah. though Shaq's on that team. Absolutely. Right? Was Paul Pierce the best player on his championship team? No. Kevin Garnett was. Okay. Um, so, but, but if Paul Pierce... Paul Pierce was like already close to his 30s by that time. So right. that's to D Wade, fresh, 24. It's a little different. But yeah, Paul, Kevin Garnett, even though Paul Pierce was the finals MVP, Kevin Garnett was the heart and soul of that Celtics team. Okay. So, like, in whatever you consider to be their prime, their moment. So, and also, Paul Pierce, Dwayne Wade. Same position for you? Different positions yeah, overall? Same, yeah. Basically the same? Yeah, D-Wade was more of a two-guard who could play point. Paul Pierce was more of a two-guard that could play small forward. All right, so you are in the imaginary game of your life. You're the coach, and they're both sitting on the bench. They're both in their prime, and you need one of them to go in the game, and it's the biggest possession you could have. Who do you put in? Truth. You go Pierce. I go Pierce. Okay. On a clutch shot, a game winner? Right. Paul Pierce. Okay. Yes, absolutely. As good as D-Wade was, 100%. It'll be close. But Paul Pierce, man, you shoot the step back, shoot the three, get to the bucket. I think when you're flashy, literally the guy's name is Flash, Dwayne Wade. But when you're <laughs> right. a flashy guy that dunks a lot and fast, that has a nasty crossover – you get more love than the boring guys who post up and mm-hmm. shoot nothing but mid-range jumpers and were slow. Like, Paul Pierce was slow. That's why, in a way, I looked up to his game. Like, me and my pops, we would watch a lot of Paul Pierce film because I was a huskier player that, you know, my dad loved for me to shoot off the dribble and stuff, and that definitely, you know, gave me a very different part of my game. And Paul Pierce was a guy that... I think he just gets slept on because those Celtics teams weren't good until KG and uh, Mm -hmm. Ray Allen got there. And by that time, they were past their prime. So, again, D-Wade, the better player, absolutely. But Paul Pierce, I get why he thinks he's right there. Absolutely. Two things. A texter says, let's also not forget, Paul Pierce pooped his pants during a game. (laughs) So how how do you balance that out? Does that factor in? I mean, uh, apparently he said he didn't, you know, he didn't have to drop a deuce or then crap yeah. himself. But, you know, he's, it was a good Willis Reed moment. He's trying to defend himself on that one. Yeah. Um, and, and most importantly now, if today, if Paul Pierce videoed himself dunking, would it be more or less impressive than your dunk video that's out right now? Oh, wait, uh, I don't know, man. Truth about 6'7". Okay. You know, he got me on height and he was an NBA player. I would have to go with myself. You I'm think, just a normal everyday citizen. So you think because of that, yours is more impressive? Absolutely. Yours He's, is 
you're more freakish in your dunking because you're just a normal guy. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you're just a regular citizen. Yeah, I'm not in the Hall of Fame. Paul Pierce is. Come on. Uh, that's true. Because, see, Paul would have to do a lot to get our attention. But you, when you throw that little hip shake, that little, that little, you know, turn and grab and yeah, man. a little anger in there. Freak that thing. I freak that thing. It really gets the attention. Yeah. And then look at it like this, too, with Paul Pierce and D-Way. You got Paul Pierce smoking, hanging out with strippers, getting fired from ESPN because of it. And you got D-Wade hanging out with Gabrielle Union. Yeah, it's I was tough. Gonna, I was going to ask. It's if, tough. I was going to ask if Gabrielle Union factors into the math because if she does, whew, yeah, whew. we like to say she doesn't. We like to keep it like as sports, mm. but I don't think she was checking for truth. Yeah, like she was checking for Dwayne and him being in Miami and stuff. Come on now. Yeah, you'll start to think Gabrielle Union doesn't matter in these discussions, and then she'll smile and you'll realize, well, she has to matter in these discussions. <laughs> what are we talking? And then you'll hear her talk and start talking ball and Dwayne, and he's like, all right, she, let's come on, let her in the conversation. All right, two o'clock hour coming up. Let's talk uh, South conversations, AFC and NFC South. Who in the world outside of Trevor Lawrence would you pick to win these divisions right now? And should anyone in the NFC South actually get to go to the playoffs this year? We'll talk about that, including which quarterback got named a starter in one of these divisions just today. Also, why today matters coming up at 2.30, including a legendary birthday for one of my favorite front men. And unfortunately, we have to tell you about a death in the world of music today. It's a name you will know coming up. On the horn.